1: This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host,
2: CP, the NY Fanatic.
1: Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation on this Sunday night. A New Year's Today edition of KFTV Weekly presented by KnicksFanTV.com. Hey, I told you guys, man, if the Giants made the playoffs, we would be going live today for Knicks Weekly against all odds because, yeah, it was a long night on New Year's Eve for CP the franchise, but nevertheless, we got some Knicks to talk about, man. Alex with Taurus on the other side. We will recap the week that was for the orange and blue talk about our play of the week and take a look at the week ahead it is also our new year's mailbag edition of the show man we took to social media twitter specifically to get your questions on the orange and blue so we're going to answer those live on air tonight so hit that thumbs up button for you boys man salute to everybody in the chat live and direct man good to be back on salute 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 Al, how you feeling, man? Happy New Year, bro. How's everything? Happy New Year, my
3: man. Uh, you know, chilling. Back from Jamaica. Had a good time yeah. down there. Enjoyed my time in the yard. Nice, nice. Uh, went,
1: went to the yard. Went to the motherland, man. How, how was it? It was
3: good, man. Ate a lot of jerk chicken. Nice. Jerk pork. Had right. some good amount of patties. Had some beach day
1: in me, you know? Yeah.
3: Did the Did the whole thing up. Went oh, lovely. Partying.
1: Yeah. Lovely, 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 man. Wish I, wish I could have made it, man. Definitely got a book. Uh some time in the calendar to get down there this year. So uh glad you had a good time. Wasn't such a great time for those Jets. Thanks.
3: But it was a good time for the Giants.
1: <laughs> it was oh, <laughs> it was a great time at MetLife, man. MetLife was rocking. Uh Giants put in work today. Shout out to Danny Dimes. That's our quarterback, man. I I was doubting him. Uh I I I had my doubts about the guy, but I'm sold. This this is our quarterback, you know, going forward. Get him mm. some weapons to 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 me what he's done this year and, and not to get into a football spiel but what he's done this year with with not much to work with has been pretty impressive um getting it done on the ground getting it done through the air uh being durable even though he took a lot of shots today and mm. and, and cutting down the turnovers you know so so yeah i'm, I'm good with it man let, let, let's get to it you know it's good to hear, you know,
3: unlike yeah. uh, my Jets had to lose to uh, Geno Smith. Oh, Geno gets answer.
1: revenge. What
3: it a headline. seems to be the answer uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, you know. Wish mm-hmm. I had that talent on the other side. Instead, uh, I had to watch the New York Jets go through not one, not two, but four quarterbacks this season. Mm. So, at least we got talent everywhere else. Got yeah. to figure out the quarterback position, but it stinks, man. Close to being in the playoffs. But not. But at least yeah. you got for the Buffalo Bills, for those New York fans out there, they're going to be in there. And the New York Giants will be in there. So New York will be represented well in the playoffs, regardless that my Jets
1: have failed me yet again. Yeah. Hey, it's a good way to look at it, man. I, I like your positive outlook on these things. So good stuff there. <clears throat> now let's, uh, let's talk about these Knicks, man. One and two this past week, including a heartbreaking loss to a Luka Doncic miracle. Hmm. Another loss in the Alamo, a tough one, after, I thought, a Dallas hangover. And then uh, and then a win in H-Town on New Year's Eve, man. What were your thoughts? Were you in Jamaica when all this was going down, or, or were you able to catch it? I
3: was. So I jumped out the window, yeah, went did. into the water, you did, swam yeah. down to Jamaica, <laughs> and decided to to avert all the monstrosity. However, I did catch... First of all, I rewatched all the games when I got back okay. when I had the service to do so. Yeah. But I also made sure to check into KFTV. Yeah. All right? Make sure to check into you and JD doing a phenomenal job as always. Yep. And, and and keeping up to date with the pulse of the fan base. So What would you think? Woo, you know, man, this team is where it is. I think the thing is that they had to deal with injuries, poor coaching decisions, uh, players not showing up. It's a multitude of things throughout this past couple of weeks, but that's the play of a five hundred team. So, I like the bounce back against Houston. You want to see Tibbs not go with such a short rotation, and 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 just he has to be able to adjust on the fly, man. Like when you're when I watched that Dallas Mavericks game, why are guys even getting close to fifty minutes? Like why why what are we doing over here? Mm. And then the next game, you then play Evan Fournier, who you could give him spot minutes to in the Dallas game to save some of your starters down the stretch so that way they had enough legs to close out the game. That's type, that's some of the stuff that I'm looking at. And then you look at like the Bulls, you know, where it just comes down to execution. Same thing for against Toronto players coming down to execution. It's a multitude of things, man. But overall, it's once again the play of a 500 team. So I, I expect this. I expect them hopefully to be better when you get RJ and Brunson back. You really see how much Brunson makes a difference for this team now that he's out. And thank God for Brunson because, yeah, he 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 doesn't make every clutch shot possible. No top player even does that all the time. But you just see what happens when you got to rely on Randall and everybody else to, to create their own shots, to playmake for others. He really is a consistent player in those aspects of the game. And we've missed that without him. You know, maybe you have him against Dallas. It's different. You have him against the Spurs, a down Spurs, a lowly Spurs team. Mm -hmm. It's different. Um, But overall, you still have to be able to step up to the occasion when you're missing those guys, right? It's always about that next man up mentality, no matter the sport. So I'm looking for this team to be better, but... As of right now, I think the team is okay. You know, they're not the it's not the worst thing possible, but it's not the best thing possible either.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, man. You know, they're right where you expect them to be. Now they're they've moved around the East from six to eighth. I expect them to be hovering around at six to nine, maybe even ten, because they're gonna start seeing the Wizards a couple of times at least this month. So their series against the Wizards is gonna pick up this month. And if, the, if, if they lose those games, you, you know, you give the Wizards a tiebreaker. Uh, you could be hovering between 6 and 10 for, for the better half of the second half. So I think they're right where they are. Obviously, we, we got high off of uh, the, the eight-game streak, winning streak. The five-game losing streak certainly brought them back to life. And it's just interesting in terms of the narrative that could have came out of that Dallas game with them mm. being shorthanded, no RJ, no Jalen. Yeah, Julie's playing out of his mind. Quentin Grimes with a career-high 33. Uh, So many heroes in that game. And then it just a monumental epic choke job was the narrative (laughs) that took over, and rightfully so. And then, unfortunately, uh, I thought that that carried that took – they took that with them in San Antonio because they just – from the beginning, from the opening tip of that game, they had no life. They had no gas, and San Antonio was the hungrier team. And so San Antonio – who's not a better team than the Knicks, was able to steal that game. But uh, they were able to rebound in Houston. The thing is, again, I agree with you, is that there there is going to be a rotation issue, especially once they start playing better teams. Because I don't think you're going to be able to get away with being so uh, woeful, especially off of the bench, without Obi, who's nowhere close to practicing, from from what the reports are saying. Mm -hmm. And... And inconsistent quick, although he he played well in this in this Texas triangle as a facilitator and, and also as a scorer. But then, you know, the whole Hartenstein and Sims thing is starting to turn ugly. You have McBride, who, as I said, he's not going to give you anything offensively. Yes, here and there, he'll give you a nice little pull-up mid-range. You hope that he can be efficient on catch and shoot, but he's he's not going to give you much. And They're going to have to decide once they get deeper into the the season if, yes, his defense is very valuable, but if he's giving you zero offensively, they're going to have to figure that part out. They're definitely going to have to figure that part out. And on the flip side, you saw Fournier come in in the Spurs game. Fournier came in in the Rockets game and gave Mm -hmm. you some efficient offense off the bench. and, And we can't forget that. We know that his defense is woeful. But offensively, it can still give you a lift when you need it. And I thought he tried to do so, especially in these last two games. It was going to be interesting to see how Tibbs handles this thing going forward. Now, obviously, once RJ and Brunson come back, I think you're going to go back to that nine-man rotation. Once OB comes back, I think it'll be probably Sims. That's the odd man out. And you'll go with Obi and Hartenstein, and you see where you are. If those guys are are able to uh to, to give you a bit of a spark, but I think the the you know with losing Jalen with losing R.J. just shows you that this team is, is is just not that deep right now. But at the same time, it's it's also showing you what Julius Rand- Randall is bringing to this team right now, and and he is without question our player of the week, man. Julius Randall uh, scoring thirty five points per game, twelve rebounds per game, uh, and, and five assists. Shooting forty-eight percent from the field and forty-three percent from downtown, man. Julius getting it done. Uh, um, in all facets of the game, man. We got to give him a lot of credit. Well, what's been your thoughts on uh, on Julius this week?
3: Well, before I went out of town, I'm glad to see that my article on KnicksFanTV.com is aging like fine wine because I did write something about Julius Randle. It's called "Is Julius Randle channeling his inner All Star?" and reviewing his Just reviewing what he's doing this season. Yeah, it was rocky to begin. It looked like we were going to get the same Randall that we had last season. Just not recognizing the double teams, not playing a lot of defense, playing a lot of hero basketball. But it seems like he has figured it out and he's now starting to fit in with what this offense is. It's still a little ISO heavy between Brunson, RJ, and Randall at times, but we start to see more passing. You know, we've been talking about that after most post games where we're starting to see in that 25, 26 assist per game uh, for the Knicks when everyone's healthy. That's that's an uptick from last season, considering it was just a, a struggle to get up to 20. But sticking with Randall, I like what he's been doing, man. And the fact that he has he's back to an efficient field goal percentage is what's really impressive for me so far. I'm just pulling up the numbers right now just to make sure, just to see where it is right now. Because when I wrote the article, the fact that he had the second lowest of his entire career and the lowest as a Nick last season in effective field goal percentage, yes. which is 45.9% last season. Second lowest of his entire career, lowest has been as a New York Nick. He is now shooting 54.6%, the highest it has been, even better than his all star season. And what's even more impressive from his all star season is that he's doing it not just by only being in the paint. In that article, if you go in there, I talked about his shot diet and how it's changed since that all-star season. Predominantly, he was in the paint most of the time. Around 60% was round twos that mid-range jumper working in the working around the rim and taking threes. But the what he's doing right now, man, is he's almost shooting close to dead even on between shooting threes and shooting in uh inside the arc. Yeah. Right now, he's shooting. 50 was on the season, he's shooting 56% from two-point rage, so inside the arc, and 43 uh percent from three-point land. And he's shooting 56% with inside for twos, and he's shooting 35% from three right now. That's efficient, bro. Yeah. That is yeah. you can't like he's playing at a different level. Okay, he's one of the top power forwards right now based on these statistics in the NBA. You got you got to consider. No, you just got to recognize, and I haven't considered, you got to recognize and appreciate what he's doing for this Knicks team, especially without Brunson and RJ right now. Dude is just playing on a whole other level. I think he's really just improved his game from what we saw during his all-star season. He's truly in an all-star conversation right now in the East.
1: Here is what Tibbs had to say about uh about Julius's performance this month. This is courtesy of uh, MSG Network. So to everybody in the chat, once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Here's Tibbs on uh Julius.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's just had a monster month. Uh and you know, he's he we're asking him to do a lot too. He's he's you know, he's scoring, he's passing, he's rebounding, he's you know, he's playing big minutes, he's handled it all.
1: All right. That was Tibbs on Julius. And listen, man, he's right. He's, he's doing a little bit of everything. And especially without Jalen and RJ, uh, he could easily just, you know, snatch a ball and, and just go straight hero ball. But you notice, especially watching these past three games in Texas triangle, how much he's communicating on the court with his teammates. He's moving guys Mm -hmm. around. He's trying to get efficient spacing out there to get guys open and get guys good shots. And and then his scoring, what I said last night on last night's show is that he's, you know, in a lot of these matchups on, on one-on-one single coverage, there's not a lot of people that can check him, man. I mean, in the Dallas game, yeah. you had Tim Hardaway Jr. lined up on him. Uh, in in Houston, you know, they're, they're running smaller lineups, and he's just destroying them. He, he's picking and choosing his spots, and he's really been attacking the basket very well this year. And then this month, he's shooting 47% from the field, damn near 37% from three. And overall, he's averaging 24 points, 9.7 rebounds, 3.8 assists. Those are all-star numbers, man. got to get Julius to Utah. Those are, without question, all-star numbers. And last year, when we looked at the efficiency differential, Especially, you know, there was a lot of talk with the whole Obi dynamic and how much Obi makes a team much more efficient and they run much uh, better with Obi. Last year, Julius Randle's efficiency differential was minus 9.4. This year, it's a plus 2.1. He's in the 60th percentile with, with that regard. They're 11 points per possession better with him on the court. That puts him in the 98th percentile. 3.7 3.7 plus 3.7 percent in effective field goal percentage. That puts him in the 89th percentile. You gotta love what he's doing on the boards as well, man. He, he's he's mm-hmm. been he's been a monster on the defensive boards. 20 percent uh, defensive rebounding percentage. That puts him in the 100th percentile and 100th percentile off in uh, defensive rebounding percentage off of free throws. Been an absolute monster on the boards, bro. So, um, when you talk about defense, those numbers matter. Mm-hmm. When you talk about limiting second-chance opportunities for the opposing team, those numbers matter. So, uh, Julius, is I, I, hes he's been great, and he's, he's back to 2020, 2021 levels. He's back, bro. He
3: is. It's like I'm telling you, man, even with – The way he's shooting right now, it might even be better. Because, you know, you talk about having a stretch four, you talk about shooting 37% from three right now. This, That's incredible, bro. That's We're talking about going back up to the 40% that he was doing, and we're not expecting him to be a 40% three-point shooter, but if it's close to that, it's above league average. You just got to give a lot of respect for Randall, man, and... The fact that he's buying in, you see that he's buying in, you see he's playing defense too, trying his best to stay in front of his man too, right? It, it when it's just in uh isolation coverage. Like there's nothing that we can, there's nothing you I, I know people are like trade him at his high value right now and all this type of stuff. And those are all fair points because as a player, you don't know what he's gonna get because in his new with his tenure with New York, it's been up and down. But if we're gonna be honest, with I know Brunson makes a big difference, but Randall's making a big difference too. He yeah. draws a lot of double teams, triple teams. He creates open opportunities for everybody else. I don't know what this team would look like would look like without Randall right now. So just kudos to him,
1: man. That's all I could say. Yeah, true, true indeed, man. Well, I mean, look, they're not gonna trade him. So I mean they're, they're not, they're not gonna trade him. So um you might as well look forward and 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 think about what this team would look like just in terms of their goals of of putting a team that can compete in the playoffs out there and, and that's how we're going to have to look at things when the trade deadline is coming up and as they continue to make a push for the playoffs as we get deeper into the second half shout out to gotcha open man 20 dollar super chat He says, salute to Knicks Nation, much love to all KFTV fans, continued growth in 2023 and beyond. Appreciate all the quality Knicks coverage, man. Got you open, definitely appreciate it. We got the rhyme animal, Chuck D, in the building. Happy New Year to Chuck. Definitely appreciate him being here, rocking with us for this edition of Knicks Weekly. Salute to everybody in the chat, once again, make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up button. And if you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag, new. Uh, type in hashtag new in the chat man we'll shout you guys out and also uh put in what cities you guys are checking in from what city are you guys calling in from or your country throw that in the chat and we'll we'll shout it out as well If you guys want to call in give us your takes on on this week or any questions call us up 657-383-1509 or you can hit us up on the kftv discord and now as we look at the week ahead for the Knicks, you have a uh, matinee edition game tomorrow at MSG with the Phoenix Suns coming into town. Um, no, no Devin Booker, no Cam Johnson. Mm. However, however Landry Shamit and Cameron Payne are upgraded to probable for this game. And then you have the Spurs coming in for for a rematch and finish out the week in T dot in Toronto taking it on the Raptors. Knicks will be looking for revenge in that game as well, man. How, how, do, you see, uh, how do you see this week going? What's your prediction mm. for this week? I don't
3: know if it's because I'm back from vacation. I had a little rest and relaxation, but I'm feeling positive. Mm. We'll go two and one on the week. <laughs> uh, let's see. No Devin Booker.
1: He said no Cam Johnson as well for tomorrow? No no Cam Johnson. But you have Cam Payne, you have Landry Schammett coming back.
3: And Chris Paul's still playing, obviously. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That all depends if Brunson plays. Um, and Jalen Brunson is still questionable. And he's questionable, which is better than – Was he doubtful? Yeah, he was doubtful these past couple of weeks, right? Yeah, um,
1: of of More questionable, but, but uh, R.J. and Obi are out. All right. It all depends
3: if Brunson's back, in all honesty, for the I think two and one is possible this week. Yeah. But it all depends on if Jalen Brunson is available. I think you can get by without RJ. You you really can't get by these teams without Jalen Brunson. If you have Jalen Brunson for this entire week, I think you can go two and one. I think without Brunson, I think you're probably looking at one win, and that'd probably be the Spurs. Just in the rematch, just because I think this the team that played last week will want revenge. Mm-hmm. So with Brunson, two and one. Without Brunson, one and two. What do you got? What are you feeling for this week?
1: Yeah, I um I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I think the Spurs game, they they should have no problem beating that team. Uh the Suns, they can steal that one a shorthanded Suns team, but obviously they deserve respect. Suns coming off of a loss in Toronto, uh, but will be shorthanded. I think they can take that game even without Brunson and RJ, uh, but it will take a lot. It will take a full team effort and, and effective play on both ends. And then the Raptors, you know you know how I feel about that Raptors matchup, man. And then going into mm-hmm. Toronto and trying to take that one there uh, against a healthier Raptors team, I think that's a tougher one, especially without if you're going without RJ, you're going without Brunson. I think that's a tough one to, uh, to expect them to win shorthanded in that, in that regard. So, if we don't have those guys for this week, I'll still go 2-1. I, mm. I say we take the matinee game tomorrow against the Suns. Mm. Yeah. Who has the big game? and and you know and and you hope uh you're gonna need grimes and quick to step up you're gonna need grimes and quick to have good games especially offensively shooting the ball uh grimes is able to rebound in houston uh because you know the game he had in san antonio wasn't so good but he was able to rebound well in houston uh quickly as well his shooting certainly came on in the second half so i think if those guys are are producing I think they should be able to take that game against the Suns. The Spurs game, to me, they if if they bring their A game, they should have no problem beating them. And then, uh, and then I think the Raptors one is a tough one, shorthanded. So I, I'll go two and one on the week. Two and one on the week. What do you guys think in the chat, man? Leave us with your record predictions in the chat, and we'll take a look. Shout out to Liggy checking in from Adelaide, Australia. So uh, happy New Year to our people down there in Australia. We got Muhammad Mustafa Wahad checking in from Fremont, California. Khalil checking in East Flatbush. BK, stand up. Fate versus Will checking in from Anchorage, Alaska. Okay. Connor Plumley, man. Welcome to the show. Wellington, New Zealand now. Uh, We got Jadino Dean, Coffs Harbor, Australia. So that's four people already. Three people, rather, checking in from the australia new zealand area man we are heavy out there bro let's go let's go ice hands a bk stand up how you feeling man? yeah man salute we, we are definitely heavy in the asia pacific region man shout out our people in the philippines singapore as well definitely appreciate everybody for tapping in chuck d rhyme animal chuck d 20 dollar super chats is julius randall R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson are durable football body types. Their durability makes them shake off injuries that damage skinny wing types. Slower but built better for half-court punishment. Julius is smashing one-on-one coverage. Yeah, he certainly is. Another thing about Julius that you have to like is um, when he's doing those rip-throughs, he's drawing a lot of contact on those. Yeah, he is. He's drawing a lot of contact on those those rip-throughs. And this season... Right as of right now, his shooting foul draw rate, it went from twelve percent last year to fifteen point nine right now. He's in the 85th percentile on shooting foul draw rate. 85th percentile in shooting foul draw rate and in the 96th percentile in non shooting foul draw rate, which is uh right now, I mean his highest ranking in the league. But that that 15.9 on shooting fouls, it's really good. It it's really good. And he is um, 30% in and one percentage, which is the highest of his career. Which is the percentage of shooting fouls drawn that the player also made the shot. So he's in the 72nd percentile in that category as well. Lots of improvements for Julius, man. You got to give him credit.
3: Absolutely. Got to give him credit indeed. And with that, CP, because there was uh, an article this week attacking my boy. Uh, <clears throat> Who's that? Obi Toppin. Knicks from heavy.com. Let's talk about it. Uh, Knicks engaged in Obi Toppin trade talks with conference rival. That conference rival being the Indiana Pacers. Mm. Sean Devney got word that the Knicks and the Indiana Pacers have had a discussion about trading one Obi Toppin. I don't know how I feel about that, man. I don't know how I feel about one dealing with, a uh, heated rivalry and giving up a player that won not only that I'm a hive, like part of that hive, but to the Pacers? Yeah. Come on, man. If the, if there's any legs to this, someone needs to be slapped.
1: <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it
3: at all. There's no way you're even going to... If I have to see Tyrese Halliburton and Obi Toppin on the same team in fast breaks, <laughs> i'm gonna pull, pull, pull out my hair bro
1: yeah i i don't like it man i don't like it um i i don't know I, i'm just again the Obi thing is just it's just very perplexing right now number one when does he get back onto the court and number two what what are you really getting back from indiana in a top and trade? It, it, it seems like because one one of the one of the um, articles you're reading, I think it was on like Yard Bark or some like a potential trade scenario. Fournier and Obi for two second round picks. That's crazy.
3: OB and Fournier for two second round yeah, picks. Yeah.
1: In other words, using OB as as it, to get off that, that Fournier contract. Um, but that doesn't make any sense to me, and I would never do that. That be selling way too low. On Obi Toppin, and I don't think the Knicks are that motivated to get for out from under that that uh, that forty eight contract.
3: That's way too low to be selling to be packaging Obi. I know he hasn't gotten that many minutes, but there's still some intrigue. You you see what he could do. You saw at the end of last season. I mean, he he put up forty one points towards the end of last season. I know it was against you know we're talking about teams that. Don't really care. It was against the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes, he only played 20 to 28-some-odd minutes, but still putting up 41 points in the NBA. Still putting 40, 41 points up in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right? We see guys who aren't able to do that. Um, but to be honest, it doesn't shock me that if this tri- – it'd shock me if it's with Indiana, but it, w- it wouldn't shock me if the Knicks are – taking calls, or thinking about trading Obi Toppin. One, because of how Julius Randle's playing right now. Two, Obi's not getting those minutes. There is still some intrigue in him around the league. The one thing about this deal with Indiana is that they do have three first-round picks, including their own, for this upcoming draft. Hmm. So, if you had to trade Obi Toppin to the Indiana Pacers, and let's say you're getting one or two of those draft picks in return for this year's draft. How would you feel about that?
1: What is the plan? You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the same thing with the, with the quickly potential trade scenario. Like if if you're going to try to trade these guys to punt for the future without a clear plan in place, that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Yes, the roster needs to be tweaked. It needs to get better. They need to improve. They need better players. But if you're going to tell me that they're going to punt and trade these guys for what ifs, that's, that's a tough call to make. What are you? What is the plan with all these draft picks with no clear candidate available? Yes, people say guys become available all the time. But who is it? Right? Zion is locked in with the Pelicans right now. They're in lockstep. They're, they're serious contenders. I like how that team is playing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to talk about, you know, Phoenix, new new ownership. They're still playing at a high level. I think, yes, they're going to miss Booker due to his injury. He's out four weeks. How much longer do they run with the, with the Chris Paul era? I don't see them as strong contenders. I I just don't see that 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 guy out there that they're looking to package up multiple picks to go get in a, in a Mitchell style move.
3: So, what if what if the plan was you're competitive like you are right now? You don't let's say the Knicks don't make any major moves right now, right? Let's say they stick with this team because you you said it earlier in the show they don't want to trade Julius Randle. He's yeah. playing at an all star level, right? You just you just Got Jalen Brunson here. He's been the goods. He's starting to see RJ get out of his shooting slump, starting to play a little bit more efficiently, right? Quentin Grimes, okay, without RJ, the way he played against Dallas, there's something there, all yeah, right? Yeah. I more, more than what we saw from him last season. There is something there. The way that he exerted himself defensively and mm-hmm. still got over 30 points, that's something. That That is something... That I you got to keep watching. And I'd like to keep him on this team moving forward because for a player to do that, not many people could do that in the NBA. Yeah. Not many. So I definitely want there's definitely something there. What if you do, because the Pacers right now have their pick, Boston's pick, and Cleveland, Cleveland's pick for this year. You get one, maybe two of those draft picks. What if you could flip all the other draft picks that you have to move up in this year's draft? Because as we've seen, you can move up in this year's draft, and not let's say you can't get to top five, but let's say you get up into the like, yeah. you still get into the lottery. Let's say you get somewhere between nine to eleven, right? Maybe mm-hmm. towards the tail end, because we've seen players go like Devin Booker, thirteenth, Donovan Mitchell, thirteenth, right? This is supposed to be a deep draft. You could potentially find someone around that range too in a deep draft. I hope you could, if you're if if it's being promoted as a deep draft. What if the Knicks are able to do something like that? You get all these draft picks and move up, and go get someone. That could be that guy out of this year's draft. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I do it. I right. do it because at this stage of the Rose tenure, the one thing that you could rely on them for is finding quality talent at the at the slots that they're picking. so if if they have the potential to to get a guy that they really like in that range, I would trust them to go to go to go get that guy. Based on their scouting, based on Perrin and his team, if they see a guy that they that they really like that thinks that he can really be an impact player on this team or has a very high ceiling, I would I would do that.
3: I hope that if that if that's the case, right? If that's the case, I hope that is what happens, man. Because and I hope they find that guy. Because As of right now, you talk about you need to consolidate this roster still. You need to find that guy through the draft. They clearly don't want to tank. Now, we can say that they're developing these guys. We're starting to see a lot of these young guys play. All right? So if that's going to be the route, at least use those draft picks to try to move up in this year's draft and go get somebody. Because the way the Knicks are operating, I just don't see them... Peeling everything back to just go on a full youth movement. As much as I'd like to see Obi Toppin get those starter minutes, and I think he would be a really good fit in a fast paced, uh, for a fast paced team, a lot of good ball movement. If you can get more draft capital to go get somebody that can play at a position that we need,
1: I'd do that. Yeah. I, I would do that. I would definitely do that. And that question was a lot of people had questions on the on the on the OB trade front. So, uh, but we'll we'll give that one a proper middleman's for sending that question. Now, uh, Dat Franco on Twitter says, if the Knicks do trade OB for a package of picks, should the Knicks sign Carmelo Anthony? When will the Carmelo Anthony wishes just go away? <laughs> Can we forget about Carmelo Anthony already, man? Listen, that is my guy. He's one of my favorite players of all time. It's finished. It's over with. No, we don't need Carmelo. When when will it end, bro? When will it end? I don't know, but I'll probably do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus.
3: Look, man, if you're going to trade Obi... And we're gonna need somebody else on the bench to play the four. I don't need to see Hartenstein playing the four anymore. I right? hate. I hate. If this team's not gonna be playing Cam at the four, can I at least get Mello? Can I at least get Mello some spot minutes, <sighs> Jeez, please? Man. Can I get that? Come on, like, oh, man. are you, you you even mentioned this, man? The four, the pairing of Sims and Hartenstein has been pr- it, it was fine to begin with, but as soon as we start playing more mobile fours. Or talented fours, the Hartenstein Sims thing isn't going to be working, man. It's not because of Sims. All right. Like we just don't use Hartenstein to what he should be doing, which is being a passing big, being a scoring big. We were trying to treat him as a rim protector, and he's not that. So personally, I think it's best that the Knicks move off of him, allow Sims to get those backup center minutes. I think he's I think he's more than earned it at this point. Mm -hmm. Um and if you do that, if you're gonna trade Obi, we're gonna need a four, man. Because they are not playing Cam. Yeah. We have Evan Fournier out here, man. <sighs> it's the Spurs you put Evan Fournier in. You know, it's not even Cam.
1: It, it, it's like splashing one, two, six, seven, six in in the chat. It's all emotions, this mellow talk, man. It's all emotions. Yes, we need help off the bench. Carmelo's done, man. He's finished. Just <laughs> <laughs> let's get. Let's keep it younger. But we
3: need scoring, man. Come on.
1: Look, man, the, the Knicks have enough draft capital. They have enough young players to go get something better off the bench than, than Carmelo Anthony. But why
3: not keep that draft capital and use it this offseason? I mean, I'm not, not talking. we're talking about this season if he's traded, right? Because obviously this season if he's traded, you're going to be trading Obi at his highest during this season to get him for an offseason. You wouldn't be trading him next season.
1: If, you, if they did that? I don't know, man. I, 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 I say <laughs> no, man. I say no. Bring him back when you want to retire his jersey, man. You know. Uh, shout out to uh, Keith, Keith Paris at Roan in 1957. His question. Do the Knicks make any significant roster moves before the end of the season? Is Tibbs buying himself time, or is it just a matter of time before the front office starts looking for fresh, younger coaching talent? Uh, to drive this team in a consistent direction. Um, I'll take the on the Tibbs topic. As I said on on uh, on the last SNY appearance, I think he'll ultimately be evaluated on how how much how well this team pushes for the playoffs. Right? Do they flame out and miss it all together? Then I th- I think they look in a different direction. But if they're there, if they're in that six to ten, if they're in the playing. I think he'll be fine. They're too clicked in with Tibbs right now. They're locked in. That's Leon's right hand man. He was his hand picked coach. He's in the front office when they're making moves. He has influence there. And 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 we did hear when when Ian Begley had mentioned that even last year, uh, Dolan did give Leon the green light to make a move if he felt like it was necessary. But I think I think Leon. Is pretty much locked in with Tibbs, unless this team just craters. Then the pressure will be on for Leon to make that move, and it, it's it's like the the saying goes: once you make that move, then you're on the clock. <laughs> so it, it's a, it's a tricky situation. You know, it's it's definitely a tricky situation, man. And then any significant roster moves before the end of the season. You know, does does Fournier get moved? Does Cam get moved? And do they upgrade the bench? I would take a
0: look at Clarkson, bro. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Jordan Clarkson? I would take a look at Clarkson and see what the cost is. Again, this is all based on. The team's goals to make the playoffs and be competitive. I'll bring go get Clarkson and try to bring him off the bench.
3: Mm. How you ain't Clarkson?
1: He's making fourteen mil right now. All right. Are you trading? You're gonna have to pay with a couple, maybe a pick, first round pick. A young guy. I'm not trading Grimes. Obviously, not trading Grimes.
3: No. So you're saying quickly?
1: I look into it.
2: Hmm.
1: I look into it. You got to pay to play, bro. And as much as I like Quick's defense and, and how he's grown with this team, as I've been saying, when the trade rumors came about, they have draft capital, man. To me, there's nobody, there's there's, there's no untouchables. There's, there's guys that are close, like a Grimes. I, I like a Grimes. It would take a lot for me to pair, pair off a Grimes and a pick. A Grimes and a deal.
3: Okay. So what was the first question? Tibbs, is Tibbs staying here? Or like... He
1: says, is Tibbs buying himself time, or is it a matter of time before the front office starts looking for fresh or young coaching talent? And do the Knicks make any significant moves before gotcha. the end of the season?
3: All right. So for the Tibbs buying himself time, was just a matter of time before the front office starts looking for a fresh and younger coach. I think for the I think for the front office, I think you knocked, I think you knocked it out of the park, man. It's Leon, this is Leon's Tampa coach as you noted. If we if Leon fires Tibbs he's then on notice that he has to win. In my opinion. If you're saying that this roster, the way I look at it is if you get rid of a coach, you're saying that this roster should be competing better than it is right now. And that the next coach will help them reach those levels. Right. And getting rid of a coach. uh, I know we all have our gripes with Tibbs when it comes to rotations, how he plays a lot of guys, plays guys a lot of minutes, doesn't make in-game adjustments, doesn't read the flow of the game really well. It's a rough decision to make because – even if you look after all the top stops Tibbs has made and who's replaced him afterwards, it's never been good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and even if you listen to, if you check out all the game of the week previews that we've done so far, every coach has their tick. Every coach has their issue. I mean, even Nick nurse is called Nick Thibodeau for a reason for playing his guys way too many minutes, right? We talked, to uh you know, we talked to Bibbs. Talked about how Jason Kidd has his issues with rotations, mm-hmm. in-game adjustments. um We talked to uh I forget the uh, we talked to I forget the Portland Trailblazers. My my guy's name right now. Mm-hmm. Who I talked to, but talked about how Billups. You know he can't. He he makes these interesting rotation changes, but once again, feeling the game, making mm-hmm. those in-game adjustments. Closing games, knowing how to close a game. All these coaches have their difficult, have their struggles. They all have their weaknesses. So I don't, because of yeah. that, even though we see it on a game-to-game basis and we react to it on a game-to-game basis, I think the front office from a macro lens would say, Tibbs hasn't done the most egregious thing possible yet for him to get fired. Because as of right now, they're a winning team. Mm-hmm. They're one game over 500. So, I think he's buying himself time, but definitely it comes down to having to make the play-in. I think the play-in yeah. is the barometer for this team. If they make the play-in, I think he sticks. Whether or not he wins uh, and gets to the playoffs just to go get beat by whatever team, like most of the teams that are in that range, I don't think that's what they're measuring. Because you look at the top five teams right now, whether it's the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, Cavs, and Sixers, any other team that's facing one of those teams, they're probably not coming out the east. All right, so we're going to the next round, I should say. So, I think he's, I think he's buying himself time because of how the team is playing right now. Definitely how Brunson and Randall have been playing too, um, and they just look. It just looks like a better brand of basketball overall.
1: Yeah, uh, I
3: agree. With, with uh, the the roster moves, I think, I think they just make something around the edge. Yeah, that's a Same here. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe a Clarkson. You know, if you want more score, a more consistent score off the bench. Uh, saw those Kuzma rumors as well. If you if you want a guy who can play both the power forward and small forward position to overlap with uh, when Randall's out with R.J. and with Randall when RJ's sitting. So that's maybe maybe another option.
1: I don't see anything major though. Yeah. I don't, I don't see anything major, uh, but a Koosman and Clarkson. I, I look into those though. I, I would definitely look into those and check the temperature as far as uh, a trade price. Now, relics, relic relaxing the paint on Twitter, outfit and says, what would it take for Cam Reddish to play again? <laughs> uh, anything's possible, but I, I, I don't, I just don't see Cam playing again for this team, you know, We've seen so many situations. I I pointed to that Spurs game when it was just so evident with the amount of wingspan length athleticism that the Spurs were throwing out there and how easy it was for for guys um, to score over a Grimes, a McBride, a quickly, you know, Cam could have played in that game. I I thought Cam could have helped that team. And again, for whatever reason, Tibbs has the rotation locked. He's going with the guys that he's going with. Fournier has now emerged with the the Knicks shorthanded. So it seems like it it can went from starter to absolute zero (laughs) very fast. (laughs) Very fast in less than 40 games. So there's something there. There's more to it. And and once again, when you have a lottery pick, who's now going to be looking at his third team before his rookie deal is up, there's something there. I just can't put my hands on it. People have their theories. That there's something there, man. I don't think Cam plays for the Knicks again.
3: I don't think so either. I, I gave you my tinfoil hat theory a while back. Yeah. And I think th- this just solidifies it at this point. Because if you don't have him in there playing against Dallas, the Spurs, yeah. even Houston, come on. These are – I'd like to see Cam get minutes – But if he's not playing against these teams, I think he's done. I think this is just they've already increased the trade value to what they believe, and I don't think this is just a Tibbs decision. I think this is a front office decision. Mm. We had that report from Bondi how the front office is going to try to accommodate Cam, right, Mm -hmm. And, and try to get him to a new team. Why would you want to risk the possibility of injury while his value is already at this level? I just don't think this. I, don't, I just don't think it's just a Tibbs thing, because with Fournier, you can always argue saying we already know what Fournier is around the yeah. league. Everyone knows who he is. We saw him on the Magic. We already there, there, there's no hiding it. Cam, there's still intrigue. Cam, there's you could say if everything still hits with Cam, he's so young enough that a team will be like, I will buy it. And we saw the reports: Bucks, Lakers, right? Uh-huh. Those are teams that are interested in in Cam. I think the Knicks at this point are just waiting to see what's the value that they can get for Cam Reddish. Although I will say this, if he if the trade doesn't happen soon and injuries start to pile up like it is right now, and he's not playing, it's going to get ugly.
1: Yeah, it's going to get real ugly, real quick. For sure, for sure. Especially if it's, if it's FEE's getting off the bench before Cam. Oh, it's like, it might be a problem. Definitely might be a problem. So to everybody in the chat, once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We are going through our New Year's mailbag of the show. Make sure you guys are hitting that like button, share this video, and as well, and and subscribe as well. Certainly appreciate it. Uh Gino Avegno at Gino Avegno on Twitter says, How much of a role do our vets play with our chemistry? I'm a fan of having more OGs like D Rose on in the roster. On the roster, how much more of a role do our vets play with the chemistry? I think that's a very important uh, for a team's chemistry. You look at you look at Miami in terms of uh, udonis has them seemingly having a lifetime contract with them. Um, Derek Rose, the respect that he has in this in this Knicks locker room, even a Fournier, a Julius. You know, look, vet, vets are going to help the younger guys prepare. They're going to teach them how to practice. They'll be the extension of the coach. They can help you in terms of how you navigate uh, adverse situations. When you get into those losing streaks. how to keep it together. When you go out on the road, how to keep it together, how to build chemistry and, be, and build that bond. I think good vets are important. And without it, it's, it's why young teams stay bad for so long. Like you, you look at the Rocket situation. Uh, who's their vet? Yeah, they have Eric Gordon. But if you heard the recent uh, soundbite from Eric Gordon, he seems to be pretty checked out of Houston. You, you look at OKC, um, you know, without solid vets, I think it, it's why a lot of young teams stay young and and stay ineffective in, in terms of um, team, in terms of building a, a competent roster to go forward with and ultimately uh, be a contender.
3: Man, I am happy that we didn't get a soundbite like that for the Knicks. For us. <laughs> like to get yeah. cuz you know how fast that would be spreading like wildfire. Yeah. Woo. Um that's nah, that's are important, man. I mean, I just think about like Vince Carter when he was on the Hawks, you know, Trey Young met, talked about it, uh Vince Carter's important importance by just being like a guide for that team. Derek Rose, have you mentioned uh I mean, you can go back and read the Player's Tribune from Julius about from Julius Randle about Kobe Bryant. You need vets on teams. You need a good balance between youth and veterans. They're just very important. I don't know. Like, for this team, I think they've had it for enough so long with Taj, De Rose. Um, You still have Evan Fournier on the team, too, mm-hmm. that I don't think you need many more veterans on this team. I think these guys understand the work that it takes to be a winning team, to stay competitive. Um and they're still got, and they still got to learn too, but you, and you got to give them the opportunities. So I don't think this team needs any more veterans. I think it's fine with what they have. I'd like Derek Rose to stay on the team for that. You know, for, to be that veteran. I think they're fine where they are. I don't think you need any more, any more on this team. I think once you start going, once you start getting too crowded with veterans, you're starting to limit the opportunities for other players, like we saw last season.
1: Yeah. Fair, fair points, man. This this was uh, Eric Gordon when when being asked about uh, how the Rockets have improved this year.
2: Are you seeing the improvement that you thought you would see when the season started? There's no
1: improvement. <laughs> Are you seeing the improvement that you thought you would see when the season started? There's no improvement. <laughs> There's no improvement. Translation: Get me out of here fast. Trade me. I've done all that I could do with this team, man.
3: Hey, you, you, <laughs> want, you want to know another team that needs a veteran? The Minnesota Timberwolves. Oof.
1: Oof, man. Do they? Man, soda is burning in the wintertime. It's on fire right now.
3: Maybe they should have kept Pat Bev.
1: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Look at, look at uh, the success that they had last year, and, and they are crumbling. Nas Reed throwing the whole damn team under the bus, man. So, there you go. Perfect example of why equality veterans are needed, man.
3: Someone's got to guide the ship. You can't just have the blind leading the blind.
1: Yeah. Can't have the blind leading the blind. This this was Nas Reed's comments um he just shout out to John John Krasinski uh who, who covers the Timberwolves for the Athletic he was a guest on this show uh great guest he says Nas Reed when asked about is it a mystery to the players why the Timberwolves are underachieving he is Nas Reed not really we know we know we know why and you know I'm gonna kind of keep that in house but we know why mm. I mean there's a lot of
3: reasons why yeah <laughs> Right. Go get Gobert, go
1: Cat, Delo. There's a lot of reasons. Nah, D- yeah, yeah, Delo stinks. They they should have gotten rid of him a long time ago. There's tough that, spot, man. You and you see what happens when you try to accelerate a
3: process. Yeah, going going after Rudy Gobert like that. That's terrible,
1: man. It, it was the wrong move to make. It was the wrong move to make. And I remember when, when, they, when they made that move, uh, it, was, it was either during day one or day two of free agency. I think it was day one. And I had done serious with, with uh, Howard Beck. And, I, and we're going back and forth on the whole trade. I'm telling him, like, this trade doesn't even make sense. And he's like, well, you know, he's bigging up the, the new president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves, Chris Finch. And, you know, he, he's got a good resume. He came from Denver. He knows what he's doing and so on and so forth. I'm just like, bro, like, They gutted their depth. They gutted their future for Rudy Gobert, man. That was not the move. I don't care how good this this guy's resume is. That was a panic move, and it was blatantly obvious. You, You stymie in Cat, who has his own issues and question marks. You get rid of future building blocks in terms of your draft picks that you should be using to add more depth and talent to your team. Rudy Gobert is a move that you make when you know that's like the final piece to really move you to the top of the West or near the top of the West. They're not there yet. You you, you needed to be able to say, first and foremost, I know what I have in Anthony Edwards. By this next year or the next two years, he's going to be a bona fide superstar that can carry this team alongside Cat. And then Rudy's like that finishing touch to solidify the defense. They're not there.
3: No, nah, they should. They should have kept that team. Let Anthony Edwards still develop, man. He's still young. Yeah, like there's still games where you watch him, and it's like, yikes. Yeah. And then there are games where you just see the pure talent that he is, and when he figures it all out and can be consistent on a night-to-night basis, that's when you know he's going to be a demon in this league. But you know, this is where it looks like, and like going back to the Knicks, like how they're playing right now. You know, you can have like a you can have a half, you can have an optimistic look on this team on how they're playing. I know a lot of I know some fans don't want to hear that right now, but mm-hmm. you look at Minnesota, they got top draft picks, you know, whether it's their own or not, whether it's Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns that they drafted, trading for D'Angelo Russell. You know, you got another you got an all-star on Rudy Gobert. And they're not doing well, man. Yeah. But you look at teams around the league that have continued to stay competitive develop a culture, you know, you'll go like the Boston Celtics who were able to trade, were able to fleece the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. and get the Brown and Tatum, right? You look at the Pelicans who are on the winning end, you know, they trade Anthony Davis, got Brandon Ingram, Juanzo Ball, all those guys, able to get some draft picks, were able to get Zion, they got lucky there, because they'd even fully tanked for Zion, right? They were like the Grizzlies, yeah. they were, they, were, they, they had like 30-some-odd wins they weren't around like the Knicks or the Bulls that season. And look what they look where they are at, man. True story. So, you know, so like I think if you want to develop, and this is the, this is the, the differentiation between developing, where you're playing your young guys, and if you're losing again, that aspect rather than the art of like figuring out rotations to make sure that you're losing games just so you can purposefully get that number one overall pick. I haven't seen a lot of teams that. Have been successful. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers. They don't have Ben Simmons anymore. Yeah. You know, so I know everyone's, I know not everyone. I know some are saying, let's tank, let's bottom out, let's just go get that top five draft pick, but you can find some gems, man. Look what Utah did, right? Yeah. Rudy Gobert waiting the draft. Donovan Mitchell was a 13th pick. Look at the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker was considered a guy who was just an empty stats guy. Yeah. But they were patient, you know, made smart moves. That's how it has to happen sometimes, man. Yeah, there's no. an art to tanking. Like if you're like uh, if you're like the Warriors, I mean, well, even look what the Warriors did, man. They mm-hmm. got Wiseman. That's not even working out for them. Yeah. So there's no there's no cookie cutter way to go get that talent. Sometimes just staying competitive, trying to make the right trades, and that's where it's like if the Knicks can actually try to move up, oh, I would love to see Obi here. Let's forget the Obi top and trade. Mm-hmm. If the Knicks can somehow move up in this draft and go find somebody. While still staying competitive and building a nucleus, that's a big win. Big win.
1: Some, some, something to watch though. That's legit. You know, some, something to watch. If they feel like that guy's there, it's a gamble, but certainly something uh, worth watching as we uh, get into the draft in June. Um, final question from Mister Salads on Twitter. Um, he's, he's got an interesting um, uh, tagline on Twitter. He says, who do you think could be the next Donovan Mitchell-like player to request out of their team? And there's really two, two players that come to mind. Forget about Zion. That's finished. And, and New Orleans is playing so well. He's he's never coming here. Um, what happens when the Chris Paul era is over with the Suns, with new ownership, Will Will Leon be in Booker's ears? Say, hey, you know, what do you you know what do you think? You know, winning over there, West is getting competitive. Pelicans will certainly be a much better team than you. There'll be a lot much better teams. You have Denver to compete with. You have Memphis to compete with. Is the the chef is still the chef. You know, what are your realistic chances of competing in the West? Do they do they do they coax a Booker into coming? Or requesting a trade, you know that is it that you got You got to connect the CAA dots. But your CAA hat on now, as I always do, as the fans like to tell me. Uh, so I look at I look at the two CAA guys. I look at Booker, and let's take a look at uh, Booker's contract. I mean, he, he he literally just signed a max extension. Uh, was it last year? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. See here, Devin Booker contract. Yeah, he literally he literally just. Signed it. Um it's it's up. No, it's it's actually up in 2023-24. In it's actually up. Mm. It's it's actually up soon. When is that
3: Chris Paul contract up? That's the that's the next question.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a look at, at Chris Paul's Looking for contract. for that one right now. Let's take a look. Chris Paul's contract is up in
3: 24-25. Mmm. Mm.
1: Okay. No, twenty-four, twenty five, non guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed in June of the twenty four off season. Hmm. Interesting. We have we may have a chance.
3: We may have a chance at Devin Booker.
1: Yeah. Who would be? The, I could let me look, let me look at this Booker uh, thing again because I'm I'm on sport spot track and they usually go with the extensions. I could have sworn he did sign an extension though. Uh, let me just make sure this is right here. I mean, people oh keep it yeah, I'm them. tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping out. Forget. For, I'm tripping out. There's correction. <laughs> Booker signed through 2027. <laughs> Okay. We got no chance. Right? We, got, we got no chance. <laughs> Unless it, the team starts being bad
3: while the CP's gone, man. Yeah. We never know. And if new ownership, man. Yeah. Can't put you can't sleep on new ownership.
1: Mm. How about this? what happens with How about this for, for Devin Booker? 2024 20, 25 season, he's he's in the fifty range, fifty bags. 54 and 25 26 58 26 27 and 62 million dollars a year in 27 and 28
3: you know when i it when the cba gets done and we have 300 million dollar contracts that's gonna look like chump change
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely
3: that's a lot of money, though. Yeah, but I'll tell you this: James Dome will probably James Don will probably pay it. He'll pay. The- he's known for paying money, man. If it's a, if it's a if it's a winning team, and that, if he wants to do that, he'd take on that type of money.
1: Mm-hmm, We've mm-hmm. seen that before. Yeah. So so Booker Booker's locked in. He's strapped in. He's got the bag. Um, so it, it, I'm just talking. You know, you look at that in terms of leverage, right? Because the Knicks wouldn't be the only team. Go trying to go after Devin Booker, and that those are the things to think about when you miss out on a Mitchell type of deal. You have other teams that are going to be looking. Maybe it's a Houston, maybe it's an Orlando, maybe it's a OKC Thunder who try to make a move and and have the young players, the young talent, as well as assets. So that's the thing when you think about the Dex Donovan Mitchell type of player request. Leverage is important because if you don't have leverage, then you're just one of thirty teams who who will try to make a play. Now, the Embiid situation is, is he's another CAA guy. Uh, you have the rumors that Harden may be going back to H-Town after this season. Which that just doesn't of, make sense to me, bro. That doesn't really make sense to me at all. Uh, considering he took a pay cut to put this team together, you have Embiid, you have Maxi, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty in the East, can be competitive. Why would you go to, to, to a, a rebuilding Houston Rockets team? Doesn't really make much sense, but who knows, you know? I just don't see why Harden would
3: want to go to the Rockets, as you said, for a rebuilding team. Wouldn't he? If he wants to win, he's in the best situation right now, and they're playing pretty good basketball. So I don't know why
1: that makes no sense. Yeah. Um. So you know, if but if if that does happen, does Leon call Embiid and say, "Hey, you know, what are you what are you guys really doing over there?" You know. What's going on? How, how are you feeling? We just have checking the temperature. Maybe he sends World Wide West down the turnpike to go holler at the guy. Don't show up at the game in front row. Like last like time. Like that whole clown show they did in Dallas. Don't show up at the game with, 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 the, with the whole caravan.
3: Will he show up, though, at a game that has both the Suns and the Sixers playing? <laughs> <though>? <laughs>
1: oh, my God. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? <laughs> oh man, what tampering, you know. But uh, but nevertheless, um, could it be MB? Somebody in the chat said we're forgetting Trey Young. No, you don't go get Trey Young, man. You don't go get Trey Young and put him in a back hole with Brunson Anson. Come on, man. We gotta put our thinking caps on here. That's absolutely what we should not do. So, yes, right. we forgot about Trey Young for a reason. Yeah, I'm good on that. Uh,
3: I'm not even going to acknowledge a Trey no. Young trade. No, but would you be concerned about Embiid's injury history? Absolutely, he's- absolutely,
1: absolutely. He's always due for for uh, for some type of like nagging injury.
3: I mean, these are pie in the sky dreams, man. Yeah, but they're the most likely ones.
1: Those are the most likely ones, man. You got to put your CAA hat on. I do it every day with pride. As a company man, you are. That's it. That's it, man. Uh, But great segment. Shout out to everybody that submitted their questions. Uh, Nick's in back at home at MSG with a a matinee tilt against the Suns, man. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, We do have a call on the line, area code 804. What's your name? Where are you calling in from? Uh, is Deuce from Virginia. Juice, what's good, man? How you feeling? Where in VA are you? I'm in Richmond, man. Richmond, stand up. What's going on, man? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Hey, just wanted to comment real quick. I um, heard Alex talking about, uh, you know, this being a 500 team. Mm-hmm. And when you look at some of our losses, you know, the Toronto loss, the Dallas loss, the Chicago loss, I think the team is more, we're better than a 500 team. We just got a 500 coach think like the coach is the issue. you know, I think if we had a better coach, we'd be a better position and we wouldn't be a 500 team. That's all I got to say uh-huh. man rapid fire. okay, um yeah I, I I think I think the talent has a lot to do with it, you know. I don't think Tibbs is a perfect coach by any stretch um but I, I just think they need more. I, I just think, I just think they need a little bit more. Based on who they're playing on the off the bench, they just they just don't have enough.
3: I mean, that's the thing, man. Is that our bench is inconsistent? It's not as dynamic as it once was with Derrick Rose, Quick, Obi, Burks, Taj. Like you need some more supplemental scoring from there. As much as I like the defense, the scoring from uh, you know uh, from R.J. Brunson and Randall. You need more you need more guys who are able to contribute on a night to night basis. And yeah. I think when you start looking at teams that you got can play consistently throughout the East, like the Bucks, Sixers, like yeah, we can get we can take some of those games, but I don't see us getting that many more wins. What, forty two, maybe max forty six if everything hits. Like, I don't think a coach is getting this team to fifty. Right. I don't think I don't think a different coach could get this team to fifty. Fifty teams are teams that win fifty games. Like think about when the Knicks won fifty games. Mm-hmm. Like you have a legitimate superstar. Like that was with Melo. You know we had a we had a defensive star in, in Tyson Chandler as well. Like those, and you, know, you gotta think about the bench that we had too. Yeah, but I, I don't think this team has all of that. Like uh, you know, as much as, as well as Randall's playing, he ain't Melo. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is not Melo. Um that's why I think like when it comes down to like coaching, yeah, they're they're, they're decisions that Tibbs makes that he probably cost you a couple of games, but it also goes to the players too. There's games that the players cost you too. Take it goes back and that. forth. Yeah.
1: yeah. Free throws. That's a five hundred team. That's a five hundred team. Execution, free throws, mental mistakes. It's all the makings of a five hundred team, man. But who's missing, who's missing free throws? Yeah. That, that's what it, mean? Man. That's it. Well, great show out. Happy New Year once again, man. Happy New Year, uh, Happy bro. New Year to everybody out there. Uh, so to the rhyme, Animal Chuck D sends in another super chat. Says, it's says, funny how the NBA has abandoned the word chemistry. Yeah, it's something that, you know, when I was on uh, NBA Weekend on XM Channel 86, you guys can catch it on the app, On Demand, just search for NBA Weekend with uh, former coach of the year, Sam Mitchell. I talked about that. You know, we, we really don't. A lot, we don't give a lot of teams time to come together and build. Even, the, even in the Minnesota situation, the situation with the Hawks, how much pressure Nate McMillan is under after they just made the DeJounte Murray trade. You know, we don't let a lot of things sit, sit and marinate. We kind of judge things very fast. The Nets, similar situation. It's kind of just how, how things are nowadays. You know, you don't really give things time to, to gel and marinate and give teams an opportunity to come together, figure it out, and build chemistry. It's either it's working or it's not. (laughs) And then the pressure's on if Mm -hmm. it's not. So it's just just an interesting time, man. Absolutely interesting time. So uh, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow for post-game live. Knicks versus Suns. And uh, we'll see if the Knicks can pick things back up after the five-game losing streak was snapped. They got the win in H-Town, finish off 2022 above 500. And let's see if they can carry that momentum forward, man. Remember that this show is available in audio podcast format, all the major podcast platforms. So no reason to miss it. Uh, Check out our sponsors, man. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code KFTV for 20% on plus free shipping. Also check out our guys at PrizePix, man. PrizePicks.com enter promo code KFTV for an instant deposit match up to $100. So great show once again. All the mods. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Health and happiness to everybody. We'll see you guys tomorrow, man. Peace.